Turn in your Bible to two passages of Scripture, the book of Ephesians, as well as the book of Acts. The book of Ephesians, as well as the book of Acts. Uh, we continue talking about this topic that we began the year with, and I am pretty jazzed about because I believe it's producing uh, some real fruit in our hearts and lives, and that is coming together. Everyone say coming together. Finding where you fit in the family of God, and that's so important for us to know and understand and be able to embrace in our life because God has a place for us. Uh, let me just say, uh, uh, we're, we're building, we're going somewhere. Let me tell you where we're going this February, just so you'll know and begin to catch what, what uh, we're headed towards. The last Sunday of the month, which is February 24th, we have designated it as Come Together Family Sunday. Everyone say, Come Together Family Sunday. Everybody say, Come Together Family Sunday. And let me tell you, here's the, here's the, 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 the import of that the last Sunday of the month. We're going to make our biggest God difference this month that we can in other people's lives. And so let me tell you what I'm going to be telling everybody when they get there. I'm going to be talking about family and how God wants to heal our families and help us. So you, do you know anybody that needs healing in their families that are not, hey, you get them here. You can get them here Sunday, but hey, really get them here the last Sunday of the month because we're going to begin to launch them into a real touch of God on their life. We're going to be praying for prodigals to come home on that Sunday. How many of you, uh, hey, let's, how many of you know somebody or maybe someone in your family, either kids or, or brothers, sisters, uncles who are prodigals, who are away from God, who need to come home? So we're going to do our best to get them here. And we're, here's how we're going to do it. The next two Sundays, I'm going to be uh, sharing with you some real insight about how God wants to ready you to be used by God. So the next two Sundays, listen carefully, I'm going to give you some great tools and some, some equipping to help you move to a place where you believe and trust and, and know that God's going to use you in someone's life, not next year, but maybe even next Sunday, but especially this month, okay? And, and uh, he's going to give you divine opportunities to invest, inspire, and invite others to come together Family Sunday. And so I want you to begin to get your expectation on. In fact, let me just say this. Uh, this morning, I got so fired up about all this, I designated the next three Saturday nights for me personally, we're just going to have an impact prayer meeting right here in the altar. Now, if you can't come, I understand. But the next three Saturday nights at 7 o'clock, Pastor Sam's going to be right here praying for impact on, on uh, primarily uh, uh, Family uh, Sunday. So in, coming together Family Sunday. So the next three Saturday nights, I'll be here. Beverly will be here. Just we're going to pray until we break through, until we pray through. You ever heard that? Well, we got to pray through through. And so uh, you can come and go if you want, but we're going to pray here on Saturday night because we've got to lift our expectation level. And that, I really believe that God's up to something. Amen. He wants to use you uh, to make a difference in the world around you. And then let me just throw this out in the month of March, because we'll, we'll throw out the bait on, on that, that Sunday, the February 24th. Uh, and then March, uh, the emphasis for the month is, is, uh, uh, family, fix it. We're going to fix the family. Amen. I can't, I can't remember exactly what I called it. Family, fix it. We're going to fix it. Fixing the family. How many of you know some families that are dysfunctional need fixing? 
Okay. Some just need tuning and tweaking, but that's the month of March. It's going to be good. Look at your neighbor says it's going to be a great time. Amen. So there's my little quickie, uh, uh, kind of get you moving in the right direction. I'll send out some emails, some information about that to help motivate you. Uh, and so it's going to be a great time. Are you in the book of Ephesians in the book of Acts? If you're there, say I'm there. Now, here's the focus. This is kind of the Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 through 22. Uh, <clears throat> it says this, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Everybody say amen. I love what the Living Bible says here, and you see it on the screen. It says you are members of God's very own family, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. You know, I met some Christians who don't believe it's their place to be in the middle of a family. In fact, they, they say, we're going to have home church. Let me just say, you can have church at home, but hey, it ought to be a part of what you do in the big corporate gathering. God created the church, okay? And you know, the first Sunday the church was born, 3,000 people were added to the church. I'm telling you, that's not home church. That's impact church. That's, that's community church. That's reaching beyond your four walls. So, you're, hey, listen, you're members of God's household and, and his very own family, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. That's our keynote verse that we're embracing. And so I want you to embrace it. And I gave you and will continue to give you this novel but very biblical idea. And it is this. And I'm just repeating it over and over. In fact, let's read it together. You are extremely important to God and his family. And God and his family should be extremely important to you. Tell somebody that this morning. Look somebody right in the old eyeballs today if you can and tell them this. Tell them you are extremely important to God and his family and God and his family should be extremely important to you. And so we need to embrace that. And that's what we're doing this the last few weeks and we'll continue to do this month uh, because understand something together is always better. Amen. What did God see when he looked down and created Adam? What did he see? He said he's lonely. It's not good that Adam should be alone and he created Eve. And you know what? How many of you know uh, family is a picture of the church and it's not good for us to be alone. In fact, loneliness, there's a, there is an undertow of loneliness in the, in the church because people are disconnected from the body of Christ. And, you know, you smile and nod, but on the inside, you're camouflaged, you know, your misery because you're lonely, because you're not connected relationally to the family of God. And so I'm here to tell you that God wants uh, that together is always better. Amen. We've realized that our connection together has four thoughts, four, at least four avenues. Number one, we're connected biologically. We are the body body of Christ. Amen. Read 1 Corinthians 12 and you will understand that. And in fact, I've said this, you know, if, you know, if my little, if my little finger decides it wants to rebel against me and remove itself from me, it will pain me terribly, but I will survive. But the finger will not because we need one another. Amen. We do. We're, it's a biological connection, but not only that, it, it's a relational connection. We're family. In fact, the word, the, the Greek words there in verse 19 of chapter two in Ephesians, they're family terms, the household. It's a family term. We're members of the family of God. We're no longer strangers and foreigners, but we're members of a big family called the church. Amen. All the church family say, amen. And then our connection we've learned is not only biological and racial, uh, relational, but it's spiritual. By one spirit, where we all baptized into the body. We have a spiritual connection. 
by way of the Holy Spirit. He, he didn't send me a Holy Spirit and you a Holy Spirit. He sent us the Holy Spirit. And that one Holy Spirit who we're learning on Wednesday night is a very real person who wants to help us through life, uh, baptized us into the body of Christ. And not only is our connection biological, relational, and spiritual, but it's missional. We all have the same mission in life. And that's more for heaven, less for hell. Amen. How many of you want to, when you come to the close of your life, hear the Lord say to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over what I give you. I'm going to give you much. Hey, we have a common mission, and that is to reach our world for Jesus Christ. That's what February 24th is all about, making a bigger difference. Let me tell you something. We're changing the spiritual atmosphere over our community. And I promise you something, February 24th, and hopefully every Sunday that we meet together, that if you bring your friends and family and they come through these doors, they may feel uncomfortable because they're not used to this. They may not like the music. They may have this problem, that problem. But I promise you one thing, they will sense the presence of God in their heart. And when the word of God goes forth, the Bible says he manifests himself through preaching. And when, when the word of God goes forth, God will manifest himself to them and begin to speak to them and challenge them and encourage them. And they'll hear a word from God about the importance of their family and how God loves their family and how God wants to touch their family. And they'll say, oh, glory to God. I got to get my family in church on March to hear how God's going to fix the family. Amen. Hey, we got a great connection together. Now, last Sunday, we talked about growing together. I want to continue to do that. I want you to look in Ephesians chapter 4 with me. And here's the verse we looked at in verse 16. And it talks about the whole body. That's us. And it says this, verse 16, from whom the whole body. Everybody say, that's me. Everybody say, that's us. For whom the whole body joined and knit together. How does that happen? By what every joint supplies. Did you know God has graced you with something that helps us stick together? There's something, there's some, there's some, oh, I'm going to step off where I, there's some stickiness about you. There's something about you that God wants to use to help us stick together and grow together. And if we're disconnected, that can't happen. He says, we're joined and knit together by which every part does uh, joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Everyone say every part. And what happens when we all step up to the plate and plug in and get connected? It says, what happens? We begin to grow. It says, which causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. I'm excited about that. You see, spiritual growth and, and even numerical growth does not happen by accident. And, you know, God gives the increase, but God can't give the increase until everybody who's a part of the family steps up to the plate and says, man, I'm going to grow together. I'm going to, we're going to do this thing together. Give somebody a high five around you and say, we're going to do this thing together. Amen. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna live life together. We're coming together. We're growing together. I said this last week. I'll say it again. Uh, our, it, it's this. A healthy body is a growing body. Right? And when we get healthy, we began to grow. Amen? Spiritual as well as numerical growth should be a natural result of a healthy body working and functioning together in love. So when we get healthy and we begin to grow together, God begins to give the increase. You get it? Everybody, if you got to say, I, I got it. Amen. So this is hugely important. And so last Sunday we talked about if we're going to grow together, we got to get healed and, and begin to grow personally and grow spiritually. I'm going to continue to do that this morning by looking at the what I call the first century bodybuilders. Okay. They found health and healing. Uh, and so they weren't bodybuilders. They were bodybuilders. Is that corny or what? It's a little corny, isn't it? But I couldn't resist. 
Because it's really, really true. And so, are you in the book of Acts? If you're in the book of Acts, uh, I want to read to you Acts chapter 2. Just some of the, after Peter had preached the first Pentecostal message. You get the picture. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit's poured out. They've been waiting for the promise of the Father. They were excited about it. It poured out upon them. They went out into the streets and everyone heard them praising God in their own language. Created a stir. Hey, let me just say, change the spiritual atmosphere of that whole region. And Peter gets up and begins to preach, and he preaches the word of God, and people's hearts are pricked. In fact, let's pick it up in verse 40. Are you there? Acts chapter 2, verse 40. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received, everyone say, gladly received. Those who gladly received his word were baptized. In fact, let me just stop and say, if you've not been water baptized and you've been born again, we need to fix that. Sign up at the info booth and we'll have water baptism, okay, and get you baptized. They, re- they received it and they were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly. Everyone say continued steadfastly. Hold up on the notes. I'm going to preach these points before you hit them. All right? I'm just reading them right now. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. I'm talking about churches happening. Now, all who believed were together. Everybody say, all who believed were together. And they had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. And verse 46, so continuing daily, everyone say continuing daily, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And everybody said, Amen. I'm telling you, we're talking about healthy church. We're talking about a growing church. We're talking about a supernatural church. We're talking about a body that was born and built. And let me just tell you, this didn't just uh, accidentally happen. It happened by the divine purpose of God. The early church, the, the, the 120 disciples that had gone through Jesus' resurrection, church growth, and Holy Ghost seminar for the past 40 days, they were primed and ready. Everyone say primed and ready. That's what the next two weeks is all about, priming us and getting us ready for, uh, for exponential growth growth in the house of God. More for heaven, less for hell. More families on target with the purpose of God. Getting people's lives out of the ditch. Getting their, their brains out of, the, out of the basement and getting their thoughts straight. And getting them fixed up and begin to get them healed so they can do the will of God for their life. Amen. Hey, this first century church had it going on. And so let me just show you some things. You repeated them to me. How did they do that? They, got, they found health and healing and, and, and hope in their life by doing some very important things. Here they are. Number one, you saw it a little bit ago. They received gladly. They were receiving gladly. Now, in the world I grew up in, I grew up in, as far as church, I found there are some people who are not so receptive to the things of God. 
but the church ought to be receptive to what God is doing in their life. And these that were listening that day were receiving gladly his word. And let me just say to you the, why, why I believe that this crowd was so receptive to the word of God. It is this reason, because the church had been praying, the church had been seeking God, and they were all with one accord and one heart and one mind praying. And then number two, when they got that to that place, the Holy Spirit fell upon them suddenly, and they got the power of the Holy Spirit operating in their life. And then Peter gets up under the unction of the Holy Ghost and begins to preach the gospel, and the Bible says God pierced their heart. Let me tell you something, there's not a heart in this world that is too hard to be pierced by the word of God. And they were receiving gladly his word. And they received gladly his spirit. And they also received gladly the harvest of God that was around them. It says that they were, they had favor with all the people. Let me tell you something today. You and I, we need to open up our hearts to the word of God like never before. We need to plow up the fallow ground of our heart. You heard the parable Jesus talked about in Matthew 13, the parable of the seed and the soils. If you haven't, you need to read that today because it tells about the different soils and the seed and the seed is the word of God. The word of God goes into some soil and it doesn't bring forth fruit because it's hard and it's, and it, and it's, and it's all messed up or the, that, that, uh, the, it springs up, but the weeds choke the life out of it. But there is some soil that the word of God can go into that brings forth much fruit. And in our own life, listen carefully to me, look at the preacher for just a moment. In our own life, we need to open up our hearts and say, God, open my heart to your word. Open my heart to your spirit. Open my heart to other people in my life. And let me begin to receive gladly what you have uh, uh, for me and for me to do. Amen. Let me tell you something. When you begin to do that, listen carefully. When you begin to do that and you open your heart to the word of God, I promise you something. Your, your heart will begin to heal. It brings health to the house. When you begin to get healthy personally and you get the spirit of God moving through you and you shake off those, those heavy bands and start lifting up those holy hands and you open your heart to the word of God and his will and his word for your life and you begin to let the spirit of God move through. Listen, let me, let me, let me be prophetic to you a little bit. Let me just throw it out here today. If you'll spend a little time in his presence, his spirit was, it will begin to move upon you and fill you and empower you. Listen, this week, take some time in the presence of God. Let his spirit receive gladly what he has for you. Some of you, you get all stiffed up about the Holy Spirit and about the gifts of the spirit. Well, do I have to speak in tongues? No, you don't have to. You get to. Glory to God. Because you don't know how to pray as you all, but the spirit prays to us with groanings too deep for words. We need a Holy Spirit movement, not only in the church, where does it begin? It begins at home in your private prayer place where you get with him and say, God, I need your spirit in my life. I open my life up to you. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. That'll make a difference in your family. Amen. I didn't know I was going to go there this morning. I apologize. Trying to be seeker sensitive here, just not working. They received gladly number two. They continued steadfastly. Everyone say continued steadfastly. What do they continue steadfastly in? Verse 42. He's, let me just say, here's four cornerstones of spiritual health in your life. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Listen, let me tell you something. 
You've got to be taught the word of God. In fact, Ephesians, if we had time, Ephesians 4, God gave the church, the apostle, prophet, the pastor, teacher, uh, the evangelist, I can't remember, uh, the fivefold ministry. What's it for? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. This church continued steadfastly. In fact, that word continued steadfastly means they're constantly diligent to adhere too closely. They they got the apostles' doctrine moving in their life. They yielded themselves to the teaching of the Word of God, and it made a huge difference in their life. Number two, they continued steadfastly in fellowship. And, and, And it wasn't just, you know, it's Super Bowl Sunday, by the way. Does anybody care? In fact, Ty's little nephew, no, Ty's little cousin, he prayed, uh, they had prayer time last night, and uh, Ty's little cousin said, Lord, just let the Baltimore Raisins win tomorrow. (laughs) Now, let me tell you something. Your Super Bowl party is probably not the depth of fellowship that these folks were in because that word fellowship means common ground sharing. They came together and they connected together spiritually and they began to encourage one another. They began to exhort one another. In fact, what does Hebrews 10, 25 and 26 say? It says, Hey, forsake not the assembling together as the manner of some is so much more as you see that day approaching, but exhorting one another, speaking to one another and building one another up in the, in, in the faith. Listen, that should be a core value of your life. That's should be one of the cornerstones of your life. This first century church, they continued steadfastly, not only in the word, but in fellowship with one another. And then it says they continued, and most of you are going to say amen to this, breaking of bread. Man, we did the Daniel fast. Two things I really missed on the Daniel fast, bread and dairy. The meat didn't bother me. I wanted some milk and I wanted a piece of bread with some butter all over it. This is not really probably, it could be, there's really a, there's, there's a twofold thought to this breaking of bread. Number one, table time. How many of you know table time is pretty important time? Not just for your body, but for the body. But number two, this could reference communion when they broke the bread because that, that, that's, listen, let me tell you this first century church, it didn't matter if it was communion time or not. After you had Jesus break bread before you. And say, this is my body, which is broken for you. Every time you picked up a loaf of bread and broke it, it reminded you of the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, hey, a cornerstone of our, of our spiritual health is the reality that by his stripes we are healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Hey, this is the core of, our, of, of why we're on our way to heaven because of what Christ has done for us. And he said, you, hey, you continue steadfastly in the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ that you keep in front of you day by day by day and you adhere to the reality that he died for you and he was wounded and he was broken and he poured out his blood so you and I can be born again. That's how our people and our families are going to get healthy and whole when they begin to realize the power of the cross. Amen. And so they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine, fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. Wow. Listen, prayer ought to be in your spiritual DNA. It should not be something you do in a pinch. Most people, hey, you can get an atheist to pray in a pinch. They'll do anything to get the monkey off their back. Most people only pray to get the monkey off their back. Let me just throw this out. And when the monkey gets off their back, everybody, they start thanking God for the monkey off their back. But let me just say, I suggest to you, probably not really thankful. You're just relieved. Let me just throw that out. Most people, what they call thanks, Thanksgiving, it's not Thanksgiving. It's just relief. You're just glad to be relieved. 
That's just my little freebie. But prayer ought to be in the, it ought to be the core value of our life. And in this early church, it was the core value of their life. And Jesus, where'd they catch it? Jesus modeled it for them. When these disciples, who, by the way, were modeling, mentoring, and multiplying uh, in this early church, they followed Jesus and, and saw him praying. He would rise a great while before day. Could I tell you today, some of us need to break some old habits. And some of them is, we love sleep way too much. How many of you love sleep? Come on, be honest. In fact, there's some mornings when I wake up, I'm going, this is way too early for this old man. Some of you, in your budget, you got NyQuil in your budget just so you can sleep at night. Let me just tell you, you know how you can break a cycle? By being consistent. Well, pastor, I just can't sleep at night, so I stay up late. You start getting up about 5 o'clock every morning, about 9.30 at night, you'll be going, I feel the Lord calling me to my bed. Hallelujah. I can break that off of you. Some people say, well, it's in, my, it's in my nature. Well, your sin nature. But listen, this, they continue, listen if, you, if you will begin to develop, develop a, a steadfast adherence to these four things, you will begin to be healthy, wealthy, and wise in your life. And you'll start being healthy. And as a result, because of your health, guess what? You'll, be able, you, you'll have something to offer. You won't always be in the altar going, fill me, fill me, fill me. You'll be out in the, up in the altar going, fill them, fill them, fill them. There's a difference. Amen. Whew. Somebody say amen. They continued steadfastly. They found health and healing by receiving gladly and by continuing steadfastly. And number three, they found health and healing by giving liberally. People get really nervous when you start reading these passages where they had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. That man, that makes you nervous. Well, does God want us to have a commune and a common uh, purse? Uh, hey, listen, that was the circumstances of their moment because you realize none of them were at home. They had come from all over the region. And they, 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 without realizing it was going to happen, had relocated into Jerusalem because of what God had done. And all of them had needs for one another. Here's what it means to us. Listen, very, uh, listen, they, they, they gave liberally and they continued steadfastly. And so, and let me, uh, and, and they gave liberally to one another. And that's what, hey, let me tell you something. A heart of liberality brings healing to your heart. It really does. Read 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, or is it 1 Corinthians 8 and 9? Talks about the, about the liberal giver and being able to give. It says they were together and they had all things in common. Listen, being a liberal giver, you know what it'll do? It'll move you from self, selfish to selfless. Everybody say from selfish to selfless. Really will. It'll move you from fear to faith. It'll move you in a place of health and healing because understand, when you begin to give your time, treasure, and your talents, listen, when you give, what does the Bible say? It'll be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, not just financial resources, but spiritual resources. They gave liberally. Somebody say they gave liberally. Hey, you want to break out of a financial uh, 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 hole in your life? Begin to break off the spirit of fuddy-duddy stinginess out of your brain. In fact, let me challenge you in something. This week, you've, you've heard the random acts of kindness. 
blow somebody's mind that you don't even know. You know what I'm going to do this week? I just got inspired. This week when I pull up to the gas station, I'm going to buy somebody's fuel. That's going to freak them really out. I'm not going for a hamburger. What? Well, you, you follow me around? Hey, I'm not talking about a hamburger at, at McDonald's, a silly meal or whatever it's called. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to fill up somebody's tank because I love blessing people who they walk. I just love watching them go up. Who was that? Help me out, Ike. We got to move along. Giving liberally. They gave liberally. Oh, did we miss that one? It's not in there? Shame on me. I didn't put it in there. Here we go. They gave liberally and then they continued daily. Everyone say continued daily. Look at verse 46. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Now again, don't panic. You mean preacher, we're supposed to have church every day? Sure. Just not in the house. They continued from house to house. And let me just tell you what I believe our takeaway is from this. They continued daily in one accord. And here it is. Let me just read this statement I wrote. Our connection and commitment to the body of Christ cannot be a quarterly or monthly or biweekly or even weekly involvement. Hey, listen, it's got to be a core value of our lifestyle. It can't be. In fact, some people, they're not, they're not quarterly, they're yearly. In fact, some people on Easter Sunday, I shake their hand and say, I'll see you next year. Because I know they ain't coming back barring a miracle till next Sunday. I've had people on Easter Sunday, man, the power of God hit them and said, man, we're telling the church, boy, we just love church. We're making this church our home. And I go, yeah, I'll bet you did. I say, amen, smile enough. But listen, that's some people's level of commitment. But that's, hey, these people continue daily. It became a core value. The, the body of Christ and the ministry of the local church became a core value of their life. Not just a little piece of their big pie, but the core value of their life. My family has had the glorious joy of being raised in a family where the core value of their life was being involved in the body of Christ, the family of God. This morning, uh, before I got here with you, Beverly and I got on the computer and at 9 a.m. we turned it up and we saw uh, where three of our young sons, my one biological and two that we have adopted into our family, Nathan, Joel, and Chris, were all together on one stage worshiping God at a church in Dallas, Texas. Why do they do that? Because it's the core value of their life. They chose to continue daily. You want to find healing in your family. You change the core value of your family and say, hey, church is just not a part of my life. Hey, the body of Christ, it's the core, it's the focal point of my life. From there, I will impact my world for the gospel of Jesus, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I got one person agreed. I, that'd be where I'd have clapped and said, woohoo, amen. They continued daily in the family of God. And then finally, as you saw, they, they praised naturally. Look what it says in this last verse. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Listen, this is not a reference to a church service. 
It's not a reference to a church sermon. It's a reference to a lifestyle. You want to be, you want to be healed and whole? Just start as a lifestyle, waking up every day. You know what happened to me this morning? It happens nearly every morning. When I began to awaken, and I don't think it's necessarily the Holy Spirit. It's just that I'm getting old. But when I do wake up, what comes out of my mouth? Good morning, Lord. I love you. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I began to praise him. It's just what I've learned, it becomes natural. Some of you, instead of this morning when you woke up, instead of say, good morning, Lord. You said, good Lord, it's morning. And then you started rehearsing and even cursing your day. Shame on you because he's worthy to be praised. This church, it became the nature of their life to give him glory. You want to make it through the valley of the shadow of death. You want to come out healthy and whole. You build a lifestyle of praise to God. It'll help. It's like healing balm in your soul. Let me just say, it's high time. It's past time that we it, 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 we got to get healthy. We got to get whole. You may be waiting on somebody to come and prophesy on you and slap you around a little bit. I'll do that if you want. I love slapping on people like that. Be honest. But in the morning, if you want to turn the tide, you wake up every day, every day, glory to God. I'm going to praise you with all my heart. I'm going to make the family of God my, the core value of my heart. I'm going to be a liberal giver. I'm going to begin to give my way out of a hole. I'm going to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine of breaking of bread and fellowship and prayer. Amen. I'm going to receive gladly the Spirit of God in my life and the Word of God in my life and those that God's putting in my life. I'm going to get healthy for the sake of others. Listen, I'm going to close with this statement. There is nothing, listen to me, there is nothing more impacting in all the world. Listen, nothing more impacting and influential in all the world than a growing, healthy member of the family of God. No evangelist, no system of religiosity any more influential and impacting than a healthy member of the family of God. A growing member. Because here's what we've said for years. Growing people grow people. Amen. Let's stand together. Today, as we prepare to leave this place, I pray you would not leave without these truths built within your brain and built within your heart. This is what they did. What a follow in their footsteps. You may be here today and you've never given your life to Christ. You stumbled in. That's my quotation. 
you just happened in. But all of a sudden, this is a divine appointment for you. Let's bow our heads. We're about done. I'm, I'm going to let you go in a minute. I promise the Super Bowl is not starting right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, you've never made a commitment to Him, but you read this first century church when Peter was preaching how they were pricked in their hearts and they said, what must we do to be saved? Peter said, you've got to repent and believe what I just shared with you about the cross. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you can say, Pastor, I want to know for sure that Jesus Christ lives in my heart. I feel a tugging of the Spirit of God upon my life. And I know that I need Him. If that's you today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you today, lift your hand wherever you are. And I'm going to pray a prayer for you. I see that hand, sir. Someone else, I want to know for sure Jesus lives in my heart. Just lift your hand wherever you are and say, I want to give my life to him. I see that young man. Anyone else? Your heart's beating out of your chest and you know I'm talking to you. Just lift your hand wherever you are. I'm going to pray for you. You can put your hands down. Finally, if you're here today and you can say, Pastor, there's some areas of my life that need healing and I know it's keeping me from making my biggest difference in the world and in my church family. And I want to find healing and health like you just described. And this week, I'm going to do what I can to begin to follow through with what I just heard. And that's you lift your hand wherever you are. There's some areas in my life that need healing. To this week, I'm going to begin to follow through with what I just heard. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. I know God wants to touch your life. I'm going to ask our ministry team leaders to come and make their way all across this altar. In just a moment, we're going to dismiss. But listen carefully when we dismiss. If you lifted your hand, listen, if you lifted your hand and you said, I want to know for sure that I know him. I don't want you to go that way. I want you to come this way. And if people are in the way, you say, excuse me, I, I got to get to, I, there's somebody who wants to pray for me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want you to come this way. If you lifted your hand and you said, there's some areas in my life that I know need healing and I need God to help me with the follow through of what I've just heard, you come and make your way. And these prayer team are going to pray for you and they'll bless you and they'll help you not hurt you. Amen. If you're here today and you believe God has given you the divine okie-dokie, you believe this is where you need to plug in and be a part of this church. When we dismiss, don't go that way, go this way. Last Sunday, on the last Sunday of February, we had how many, Beverly? Seven, eight, nine people make commitments to be a part of our church family. God's drawing people, if that's you. Hey, uh, come on in, the water's fine. I promise you as your pastor, I will not hurt you. I will never speak uh, bad of you. I'll always help you and I'll encourage you to find God's plan and purpose for your life. I won't hear, I'm not here to manipulate you. I'm here to e- equip you and help you be all that God wants you to be. If you found home today, don't go that way. Go this way. And just walk up to one of these prayer team and say, listen, I believe God has pricked my heart. I believe this is where I need to plug in and connect so I can begin to grow spiritually. Amen. Let's bow our heads before God. Let's close this service by sealing the word of God. And if you're here today and you lifted your hand or if you believe God is adding you to this church and you know you need to be born again, you come this way, not that way. But let me pray for us. Father, for these that lifted their hands, 
for those who are searching for a church home today. I pray, Lord God, you would speak to them and you would lead them and direct them this way. And Lord, they would connect with you and connect with the family of God. And they would connect with the healing process of God in their life. For you said, we're two or more agree touching anything that they ask. It shall be done for them of our Father in heaven. So Lord, we thank you for the power of prayer. And Lord, we receive the harvest in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. God bless you today. Thank you for being here. Don't forget, take your bulletin with you. Plug in, get involved. We're going to count to three and we're going to shout hallelujah. And as we shout hallelujah, again, if any of those, you come this way and not that way. Let's count together. One, two, three. Hallelujah. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night right here at Church on the Rock North. Amen.